Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thine sight, O Lord. It is our strength and our redeemer. Come on, as you just lift your hands this morning. Come on. I really want you to believe that God is your champion. That God has already won the battle. God has already finished his work through the life of Jesus Christ. So we are the living vessels <laughs> of the finished work. Come on now. That's why he's my champion. Hallelujah. Because Jesus defeated death, took the sting of death, God has never lost a battle. I want you to just, I want you to just open up your mouth and just say that I, I serve a God who's never lost a battle. Come on, I want you to repeat that. Come on. What you confess is what you believe. And what you believe is what you live. And what you live, it inspires you to live it out. Come on now. Hallelujah. What I confess is what I believe. What I believe causes me to live out, and, and what I'm living out causes me to be inspired, hallelujah, to continue to confess it again and believe it again and to live it out again, hallelujah. So when you open up your mouth and you just confess that, that I serve a God, come on now, I, I serve a God. I, I don't serve a man, I serve a God, hallelujah. I don't serve a husband, I, I serve a God, hallelujah. I don't serve a job, I, I serve a God who's never lost a battle. He, he's never lost a case, hallelujah. Uh, he's never been defeated, hallelujah. I serve a God, hallelujah, whose record is impeccable, hallelujah. His record, James, is, is, is remarkable. Hallelujah. There's no greater record than the God that we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the greatest of all times. Hallelujah. He's never been under stress. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's never been in a battle that he never thought that he was not going to win. Hallelujah. Uh, 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 when he created you and I, hallelujah, he had already said that I'm going to win the battle. Hallelujah. And be because I created you, you're going to be the voice for every battle that I've won. Your life will represent every battle that I won. I want you to say it. I serve a God. Come on, come on now. Open up your mouth and, and say, I serve a God who's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's, he's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. In every situation that you're going through. Hallelujah. Never lost a battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, 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 well Bishop, can you, can you really just bring that home? I, I lost my mama. He didn't lose the battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, mama ain't still here, but he healed her body. Hallelujah. No more pain. Hallelujah. No more suffering. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. I lost the house that I was in, but you're still living, and you're living in another house. Hallelujah. You might not have all that you had in the first house, but you're still living, and you still have another opportunity to regain what you lost. He won the battle. Come on now. I, I need you to say it. Hallelujah. I lost the job. Hallelujah but you're still eating. Come on now. You still got shelter. You still got shoes and clothes. Come on now. You still got food on your table. He didn't lose the battle. Oh, I, I wouldn't want to make it simple for you. Hallelujah. I'm going through in my mind, but he woke you up this morning in your right mind. Hallelujah. You won the battle. He won the battle. I really want you to see this. As we go into this next lesson on today, are we making enough noise? I, I really want you to begin to look at your life. And I really want you to begin to examine, is my life making enough noise that it threatens the enemy to shut me down? <laughs> is my purpose on target so much to the point that it's making so much noise that the enemy wants to accuse me 
and he wants to bring me and serve me in eviction notice. He wants to hinder the work that God has called me to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you and we honor you for this moment. You can take your seats. Hallelujah. Thank you, ministry of worship. Jaira, Charmaine, Jalen, Joshua, we thank and every one of you. Hallelujah. Be be before we go any further, I, I want to let each and every one of you know God called an audible with our team. We were going to be doing 22 days of worship starting tonight. But through our conversation, through our time of just counsel, because there is counsel in the multitude of counsel. Hallelujah. God can speak something to you, but then never just go alone. Two are better than one. And so we realized when I heard that God had called us to a moment of consecration, a moment of prayer, calling it the sound of Pentecost. I was aware that Pentecost is not until Sunday, June the 5th. But in the multitude of counsel, the multitude of our leadership, and so my girl began to say, hey, why don't we just spread the prayer out 22 Sundays that will lead us and culminate on Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> and not just do prayer, but let's just let it lead us to a theme. Let's let it lead us to an outbreaking of the Holy Ghost. So we decided that we want to do 22 days of prayer. We started on last Sunday, not knowing that last Sunday was 22 Sundays away from Pentecost. Today is the 21st Sunday we were here. Every Sunday at 9 o'clock, I want you to sacrifice to be here. Prayer is a sacrifice. When you're wanting something from God, you have to sacrifice to receive what you're asking for. I really want to bring your attention here. When you're in need of something and when you're asking God for something, what you're offering to him should match what you need from him. Did you hear that? Let me give you an example. When you were a child and you were asking your mom and dad for something, they would always say, did you do what I asked you to do? How can you ask me for enjoyment but you've not fulfilled labor. Ooh. Can, can we look at that? Can, can we see that? You haven't cleaned your room. You haven't mopped the floors. You're not getting good grades in school. You haven't stayed out of trouble. Come on now. When, when you think about it, we're, we're asking God to do something for us individually and corporately. But in many moments of our life, what we're asking for doesn't match what we're offering to God for God to answer our prayer. I'm reminded that in moments where you're looking for God to break through in your life, it can't just be, Lord, help me today. And then you go back and say, Lord, help me today. No, no, no. There are moments where you have to wrestle your way through. And you've got to sacrifice and you've got to commit time to prayer. You've got to commit time to fasting and consecration. And, and you've got to decide what you're going to give up, what you're going to give into, and then how you're going to serve your way through it. So I want you to sacrifice every Sunday, no excuse. This is not a Pastor G thing. It's not, this is a corporate thing. The only way we're going to break through is that we have to do it together. Come on, I want you to say, we have to do it together. Come on, I, I need to hear y'all today. Come on, say, we have to pray together. The only way breakthrough will happen corporately is that we have to pray together, we have to suffer together, and we have to sacrifice together. And we have to offer the same sacrifice at the same time, at the same moment, every Sunday at 9 o'clock. 
not 9.15, not 9.30. Every Sunday, the sacrifice of consecration begins at 9 o'clock. Come on now. Our time of development, our time of teaching, our time of, of, of corporate worship will now flow right into 10 a.m. And, 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 and I don't want you to start looking at your watch. And I want you to cancel out anything unless you, unless you have to be at work. Go to sleep early on Saturday. If you really want God to do something in your life, you're going to have to cancel out some stuff that you're doing on Saturday night and Saturday. You're going to have to cancel some stuff so that you can begin to hear God. It's, it's very hard to consecrate, to consecrate and your life is still busy. Y'all hearing me? Bishop loves you. This is a season where I really want to bring us into a place where we begin to honor God with our life. With our lives, not just, not just with my mouth, with my life, with my life. What comes out of my mouth is living in me. What comes out of my mouth, it's living in my heart. This, this is my heart. So every morning, every, every Sunday morning, we're going to consecrate and we're going to build an altar of prayer an altar of worship, an altar where the Lord can meet us. And we've decided that we want to meet him at 9 a.m. for the next 20 Sundays out. I want you to bring your children. I don't care if your baby is crying. Let the baby cry. Let the babies run around. I don't care. I don't care. It's not going to disrupt. So you have no excuse bring the baby if you need to go in the back and feed the baby feed the baby don't stay at home don't lock yourself in and lastly you can't consecrate by yourself I canceled that out this is not a private consecration if bishop is not approving of your consecration you shouldn't be doing it man I'm in the, I feel the Holy Ghost come on Wave your hand and let me know I'm right. Because you know what the devil will tell you to do is, well, you know, I can't get there, so I'm going to consecrate by, no, you can't do that. You got to make time for God to do something in your life. I want you to raise your hand right now because I'm preaching. I want you to raise your hand. You're raising your hand with a need. Come on now. You're raising your hand. Don't just hold it up. Raise your hand. You got a need in your life. And that need has to be met through a sacrifice. But we've got to begin to worship God from a place not just of need, but a place where we're offering God everything that he desires and that his word will begin to speak in my life that he has already supplied every need that I have. And because I learned that my worship starts with what I offer, not with what I want. Whoo, come on now. What you want has to become what you offer. So long in the church they've taught us, come on, ask God and tell God what you want. No, no, and we don't ever offer him anything. Come on now. So you got to offer him. And as you offer the moment will open up for you to say, Lord, my heart is in need. My life is in need. In the book of Ezra, we can see this happening here. Is my life making enough noise to where it's a threat to the enemy? Is my life making enough noise to where the enemy wants to shut me down, Jalen? We can see right here in chapter number four. In the book of Ezra, I want you to go there with me on today. Chapter number four, and I want to just talk about three areas that the enemy is going to attack each and every one of us during this sacrificial moment. It's proven right here in the scripture. I, I'm going to let you know that it's not going to be easy. The enemy is going to come to attack your flesh. 
your flesh is going to rise up and your flesh is going to get in the way and your flesh is going to say, I cannot make it. The moment that you hear you cannot make it, you got to get up out of your bed and say, I got to get there. I, I, I got to get there because I can. Hallelujah. Come on now. Uh, unless you're dealing with the virus and you got COVID and you got some issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to tell you, don't be alarmed that the enemy of your flesh is going to arise in your life. It says right here in the book of Ezra chapter number four, now when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the people of exile were building a temple to the Lord God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel and the heads of the fathers households and said to them let us build with you for we like you we seek your God and we have been sacrificing to him since the days and times that you brought us up here but Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the heads of the fathers households of Israel said to them you have nothing in common with us in building a house to our God but we ourselves together will build to the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus the king of Persia has commanded us number one the first threat and the first sign that the enemy wants to stop you, wants to interrupt your moments of consecration. He wants to interrupt your moments of commitment. He wants to interrupt your moments of progress. Is he's going to want to join your team. Have you ever been in a moment in your life where you're building something and you know the people that hate you and dislike you and have talked about you on Facebook, however they have treated you, they come and they say they want to be your friend now that you're building, now that you are coming out. But when I was down, you stepped on me. When I was down, you talked about me. When I was down, you didn't feed me. When I was down, you didn't clothe me. When I was thirsty, you didn't even give me a bottle of water. As a matter of fact, I walked to the store with you and you knew I needed a bottle of water. You didn't even buy me one but you got yourself one and drank it in my face and now that I'm on the come up now that I did my bid I did my time and I've come back now you want to work with me why do you want to work with me why do you want to be my friend I, I, I want you to just pause right here and look over your life and begin to see how the enemy is just shysty he's trifling he's no good come on now uh, 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 he wants to to work with you now why when I was down you didn't even call me when I didn't have no money you didn't even want to be my friend hallelujah uh, when I was going through Jalen you didn't even know my name but now you want to be a beneficiary now you want to get close to me now you want to say we've been sacrificing to the same God all lies I want you to look at your neighbor and say it's all lies Come on now, don't believe the lie that your enemy wants to work with you. Come on now, don't believe the lie that your enemy wants to make up with you. Don't believe the lie that your enemy is on your side. The scripture says that they heard that they were getting ready to rebuild. James, they heard about you, man. They heard that you're getting ready to start the business. And now everybody wants to know, can I get in? Can I put in? Can I invest? No, 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 no. You can't put in on this. Why? Because I know that you don't serve the God that I serve. I know that you don't believe what I believe. You're threatened by what you see and you're threatened by what you hear and you're threatened by what you know is getting ready to happen so now you want to be my friend the first sign is that the enemy is going to comfort you in being comfortable 
The enemy is going to come and comfort you and say, I'll get there next week. Uh, pastor won't mind and, and, and nobody won't notice that I'm not there and, and I'll just call and, and, and then the Lord will see me through. The devil is a lie. No, 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 no. Pastor is going to be concerned that you didn't make prayer. Come on now. Uh, so don't be calling me. Don't be texting me. Don't be, no, no, no. I want you here. The Lord wants you here. We want you here because there are miracles, signs, wonders that need to take place in our generations. Come on now. We need to begin to pray against this murder and violence. Come on now. We need to begin to pray for the next generation of our children. Come on now. We need to begin to pray for our school systems. And the only way that we're going to break through is that we as a body, we have to ignore the signs of being comfortable while we're rebuilding. In the times of rebuilding, there is no comfort. There is stress. Come on now, come on now. There is persecution. There is the weight of being tired. There is the weight of being overtaxed and overwhelmed. But when you understand, I'm building something that's about to blow up. I'm building something that's going to pad my bag. I'm building something that's going to change the next generation. Being comfortable, being tired will not stop me. But when you allow the ungodly counsel of your flesh to become your friend. When you begin to say, I'm going to work with my flesh. Come on now. I'm going to work with the neighboring enemy of my flesh that says that I don't have to tithe this week, that I don't have to pray this week, that I don't have to serve this week. You're tearing down the wall. You're hindering the move of God. The first sign that the enemy wants to hinder the move of God is that he wants to become your friend. And the reason that he wants to become your friend is that he wants to infiltrate what you're doing. And once the enemy infiltrates your, your camp, he'll start doing what? He'll start tearing little pieces apart. Come on now. Uh, Y'all seen it before. You let the wrong person in your camp. You let the wrong guy in and you start liking him and liking him. But you know he was no good. You know they were no good. Come on now. Uh, it's just like that man. He's sitting there talking to the girl that he knows is no good, but he let her in his ear and she gets in and the next thing you know she don't even really care about him she comes to tear up the family she comes to tear down the wife she comes to tear down the children she comes to cause him to lose his job and now he's bankrupt and now he's out on the street now he's in jail now he's consecrated now he's incarcerated and now she's sitting there like I've destroyed the whole family the enemy is not your friend your flesh is not your friend come on I need you to say it my flesh is not my friend. Come on, say it. My flesh is not my say it. My flesh is not my friend. Come on now. My natural mind that speaks against God is not my friend. Come on now. My mind that says I don't have to pray. My mind that says that you can do it the next day is your enemy. It's not my friend. It wants to stop you from growing. Come on now. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving here. Come on now, the first threat is, is that he wants to be comfortable enough to be your friend. The enemy wants to be comfortable enough to get into your life. Come on now. The enemy wants to be so comfortable that you are desensitized to what he's doing in your life. Come on now. He's wrecking havoc and you're just like, oh, well, it'll, oh, well I can just pray it away and, and then God will make a way. No, no, no. God's not going to make a way. Come on now. you got to make your own way. You put yourself here. you got to get yourself out. Come on now. We prayed it this morning. Lead us not into temptation. Don't be led into temptation by becoming friends with your flesh. You got to break that. That's why we sacrifice. It says that morning and evening they sacrificed. And because they understood who the enemy was, they said, wait a minute, you have nothing in common with us in building a house to our God. 
Come on now. You're the enemy. Come on now. Uh, come on now. Uh, you don't like God. You don't love the God that I love. Come on now. And I'm not talking about somebody who really wants to be changed. I'm talking about the real enemy, your flesh. Come on now. I'm not talking about the devil that you used to hear about that, that's red and got the long tail with a pitchfork. And your mom and them said when it used to rain, you could stick a pin in the ground and hear the devil beating his wife. No, no, no. I'm talking about the enemy that's living in you right now, your flesh. Come on now. That tells you, come on now, that you're not good. Your flesh that tells you and speaks against the things that God has placed in your mind. That's the flesh I'm talking about. That's the flesh that you need to denounce. No, no, no. How dare you tell me that I'm not beautifully and wonderfully made when God told me when I woke up that you're beautiful and wonderfully made. But the enemy says, I know that you're going through right now and, you, and everybody gets depressed and, and everybody does this. And No, no, that's the enemy. It's all lies. The enemy wants to desensitize your spirit that causes you not to rebuild. Number two, let's keep reading. Come on now. And then it says in verse number four, come on now. And then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and frightened them from building. And they hired counselors against them to frustrate their counsel all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Come on now. So number one, the enemy wants to become your friend, your flesh. He wants you to become comfortable in not rebuilding. He wants you to become comfortable in rebuilding with doubting your mind, in rebuilding with the contaminated heart, in rebuilding and you're not 100% in. The moment that trouble comes, you run because you've allowed the enemy to stay with you the whole time and when confusion and all of the things come, you run and you leave because the enemy has already had a plan to push you out of rebuilding what is going to be a blessing to your generation, what is going to be a blessing to this community and then number two because you don't let them become your friend they do what they frighten you from building they start threatening you come on now James you you, you know about it oh that's how you're gonna play it all right I'll make sure that you don't build I'm gonna go after your family I'm gonna go after your kids and guess what happens he hit your house y'all seen it Every time the Rock Church gets to a place where we begin to grow, the enemy hits what? Everybody say it. What's wrong with y'all? The enemy ain't hit your house yet? If the enemy ain't hit your house yet, then you ain't making enough noise. I, I, now, now, some people are going to say, Pastor, that's just wrong. No, 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 no. When you are working for God, the enemy wants to disrupt your house. He'll let you make a million dollars. He'll let you serve and do everything that you need to do. He'll let you drive. He'll let you be debt-free. He'll let you walk and never be sick a day in your life. But what he wants to do is kill your family. Because if he can kill your family, he'll kill you. And because he can't kill your family, he can't kill you. But most of us don't pay attention that the enemy became our friend. You got comfortable and then he turns around and the moment you start praying and the moment you start rebuilding he says I'm taking your kids away come on now I, I'm going to get in the mind of your marriage I'm going to get in the mind of your finances I'm going to get in the mind of your body I'm going to give your mama cancer come on now I, I, I'm going to cause death to hit your house come on now I, I'm going to make sure that don't nobody come to church on Sunday I'm going to make sure that the offering plate is empty the devil is a lie whatever you try God has already given me the strength to endure it but I got to see the sign come on now I, I got to see the sign I, I told one of the spiritual daughters he's going to hit your family I'm telling you today, he's going to hit your family. Come on now. To all of my single ladies, he's going to hit your family. Come on now. Get the boo out of your life. Come on now. Uh, stick close to your bishop. Come on now. Stick close to the house of God in this season. Come on now. Uh, don't stick close to that Negro because that Negro, he's going to pay your bills, but he ain't going to come to church. That Negro going to sleep with you, but he ain't going to marry you. That Negro going to take you out, but he ain't going to fast with you. He ain't going to consecrate with you. I, I don't know what happened to me. 
but I guess it's the glory of God. You got to understand that the enemy wants to threaten you and put fear in your life so that you cannot rebuild. Come on, come on, come on. Somebody help me here. Just just let me know if I'm doing right and saying right. Come on now. I, I need to talk to that brother right here. Come on now. You look good. You're driving a good car, but she means you no good. Come on now. She already got five kids, and she waiting to give you three of them. Come on now. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Uh, uh, she already broke. Come on now. She's already disgusted, and you talking about you going to make her your wife. You get married to her, and you leave God. You get married to her and now you're bitter and now you're messed up because you slept with the enemy. Come on now I'm talking the truth. You go out here and you take the wrong loan and you get that brand new car when you should have waited after the consecration. When you should have waited to next year and now you're in debt and you can't get out of debt. You can't file the bankruptcy and now they put a lien on everything that you have because you're sleeping with the enemy because you're afraid of what he said to you. Whew. because you're not connected. Come on now. They were rebuilding, Gene, and they heard that the children, now they had been away for 70 years. Come on now. You weren't worried about me when I was over there in exile, when I was over there away from my culture, when I was away from my purpose, and now that we want to grow again, now you're here, and now you're afraid. You should have been afraid while I was in there. Come on now. Number one, the enemy wants to come after me and be my friend. Number two, he wants to threaten me, and then he wants to frustrate those who are leading me. See, when you're disobedient, the enemy comes to frustrate me. Can I give it to you? And guess how he frustrates me? They don't like you. They don't want to come to your church. Your preaching ain't good. You're weak. You're not the shepherd that you should. Do you, do you see what happens? You know what I'm saying? When, when we're not on one accord, the enemy frightens you, but then he frustrates me. And he frustrates the leadership. And so we got to go months where there's no giving because you're frightened. Because somebody told you if you pay your tithe, then you can't get your bills paid. The devil is a lie. Come on now. Tithing has been around, and I ain't never seen nobody lose it all because they tithe. I've never seen the saints believe in God and, and, and God didn't bless them. Come on now. Now, now just because you tithe don't mean he's going to give you back money. Your tithe could be the breakthrough for your healing. Come on now. But your tithe is your tax. Come on now. Your tithe is what you offer back to God, but it's in your offering. Come on now. Uh, the enemy frightens you, but then he frustrates the church. Because now we can't grow. And now I come out and the pews are empty. And now I come out and I don't know where my members are. I don't know where my sheep are. And I'm sitting here saying, well, God, maybe I need to find another church. Maybe we need to shut down. Do you see what the enemy does? He frightens you, but then he purposely frustrates the leadership. Who? A frightened people, a frustrated leadership is a church waiting to fall on his face. Did y'all hear that? A frightened people, a frustrated leadership is a church that can never worship God the way that we should. Because my worship says, man, what's wrong? Your worship says, why am I here? Here we go again. The enemy wants to frustrate what we've decided to rebuild. Come on now, let's stay here. This is a sober message today. Because I really want to begin to impart and build and develop your faith. That you have to see the signs of how the enemy wants to stop you from rebuilding. You want to go back to college. And guess what he frustrates you with? And guess what he puts fear in you? They're going to give you the money. Because, you know, you, you started two years ago and you never paid that loan off. And then now you go there and now you're frightened that they're going to give you the money. They're frustrated because they don't know how to get you the money. And now you just quit. And you never pursue it because you're frightened. And those that are supposed to help you are frustrated. They're angry. They're bitter. Come on now. I want to grow in some areas in my life. I, I want to do some new things. But the enemy says, yeah, man, if you do that, man, that ain't going to work. You don't have enough faith. You don't have enough money. 
I want to start my business. You don't have enough money. I, I get the money, but you don't have a big enough building. Come on now. And now you become frustrated. And then you quit and you never build. Number one, he wants to become your friend. Number two, he wants to do what? He wants to frustrate and frighten you. But then I like this, what it says here, down in verse number 12. Let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to us at Jerusalem. They are rebuilding the rebellious and evil city and are here finishing, listen at this, y'all, your haters are finishing the walls and repairing the foundation. Now let it be known to the king that if this city is rebuilt and the walls are finished, they will not pay tribute, custom, or toll, and it will damage the revenue of the kings. Now because we are in the service of the palace, and it is not fitting for us to see the king's dishonor, Therefore, we have sent and informed the king so that a search may be made in the record books of your fathers. And you will discover in the record books and learn that the city is a rebellious city and damaging to the king and the provinces and that they have incited revolt. Are y'all hearing this? Revolt within the past days. Therefore, the city was laid waste. Inform the king that if the city is rebuilt and the walls finished, as a result, you will have no possession in the province beyond the river. The enemy comes to do what? To cause me to be comfortable in my flesh. He wants to be my friend. The enemy comes to frighten and frustrate us. But then when that doesn't work, he starts telling lies. We started with a lie. See, when you expose a lie, you'll hear the lie, and you'll see the plan of the lie. Come on now. When you expose the enemy of your flesh, and you don't give in to the comfort of what it wants you to do, and you don't give in to the fear, and you don't give in to the frustration, you're going to cause that joker to come out and speak about his whole plan. You was lying all along. You, you really weren't my friend. You just said, come on, you just said that we want to work with you, James. You, you just said that we're sacrificing and we're serving the same God, but you just went and lied on me and said that we're causing a revolt. All we want to do is just rebuild. Come on now. Uh, 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 uh. When you look at it, come on now. When you're trying to rebuild, somebody around you is going to start lying on you. Uh, they're going to start talking about you, Emelisa, and they're going to start saying stuff that ain't true. Come on now, but let them talk. Come on now. Don't argue with them. Don't call them on the phone. Stand right there and keep putting the brick in the wall. Stand right there and keep building, and when they finish their lie, we're going to finish this wall. Even if you stop us, we're going to finish this wall. I don't care what you do. If I don't finish it. Somebody in my generation is going to finish it. Ah, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. We've got to rebuild the wall understanding that the enemy has heard about our comeback. Come on now. Uh, we've been in exile for two years. Come on now. The pandemic has had us separated. The pandemic has caused us not to get to church. Uh, we couldn't do virtual church. Uh, nobody was really attending, but we decided that after two years, it's been too long. We're going to come back and not just make noise. We're going to come back and not just have church. We're going to come back and not just ask for your money. But we're going to come back with an agenda. We want to rebuild the presence of God. We want to rebuild the altar where the presence of God can wake somebody's life up, can heal somebody, can save somebody, can deliver somebody, can reconcile a marriage, can reconcile your child, can break depression, can break murder, can stop violence, can break drug addiction. We have an agenda. We want to rebuild a wall where God is resting. We want to rebuild a temple where God can go out from this place. But you got to understand that it's going to cost you. 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 Come on now. 
52 Sundays, it's going to cost you some Sundays. Come on now. It's going to cost you every Sunday. Come on now. It, it's going to cost us, if we really want to rebuild, it's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us our talent. It's going to cost us our giving. Come on now. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Look at somebody and say, the glory is not free. Come on now. The presence of God is not free. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, the work of God is not for free. Come on now. Look at somebody and say, the work of God is not for free. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Hear this. If we really want to rebuild something, our God is a champion. We've got a champion what the champion has already defeated. Come on, son. Be strong. We've got a champion what the word of God is saying. Rebuild. That there is no scripture that shows us that God came to him with an angel and said, you know, thus saith the Lord that God. I want you, when you get out of exile, I want you to go back and rebuild. It just shows us that their agenda their heart they could have went anywhere but they understood we're missing something their mamas and daddies had died and they were left to a God that they were raised by they were raised in Babylon and when I tell you this the spirit of God never dies I want you to understand this. Keep your ear to this. Your flesh is going to tell you that God is reasonable. God is never reasonable. God is God. Did you hear that? Your flesh is going to tell you that God understands. He understands what? What he said. Your flesh is going to tell you that God is okay. He's okay with what? See, see, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to accuse the God in you that God is not who he says he is. So that's why we stop serving. That's why we stop giving. Not just giving. And when you hear me say giving, it's, it's just not money, but it's giving of yourself. People give where they love to give and where they're being served. So let's just make it plain. If we're not going to build together, then let's just find something else to do. Let's not waste God's time. If we're not going to do it together, I'm saying it publicly, because we have to begin to, to bring the, the body back into a place God only understands what he told us to do. And he only stands what we've committed ourselves to do. Well, pastor, you said that. This is your church. And if you trust the God in me, then you should believe the same thing that God is telling you. Come on now. It's like your child standing in your face with their finger like, I don't care what you say we're going to do. I ain't doing it. What you going to tell them? You can hit the door. And don't even look back. Matter of fact, don't call my phone. As a matter of fact, I'm going to shut your cell phone off because I'm paying for it. Oh, y'all understood that, right? But it's okay for you to do God like that. Whew. See, we talk to our children in a way that we, that we don't allow ourselves to talk to God. Because you, you, you would be hurt if God told you, Oh, you don't want to serve me? I ain't going to wake you up in the morning. Imagine if he said that to you. Imagine if God said, oh, y'all don't want to do what I say? Okay, I'm going to open up the ground and all y'all going in. See, that, see, that's the God. Because, see, God is just not a loving God. God can be angry. Ooh. God is not just a long-suffering God. God isn't angry. He's a, the Bible says he's a terror. Be careful. God understands what? Ask yourself that. God is okay with what? 
What is he okay with in your life that he has not ordained or approved? But your flesh says he's okay because you're going through. Everybody's grieving. Everybody's going through. I want to say it again. You're not the only one. We're all going through. Come on, stand on your feet. Come on, let's commit. Come on, come on, come on. Be strong. Our God is champion. Come on. Come on. I want you to look at your life now. I want you to look at purpose in your life. And I want you to see where the enemy has tried to be your friend because he wanted to infiltrate the plan of God. Where has the enemy put fear and frustrated you to the point that you stopped? I got a plan for my children. He put fear in me that they're going to rebel and so now he frustrates me that they're not getting it. So I stopped raising them the way that I should. I want to give it to you. Our children are desensitized, y'all. They see murder and they don't cry. They see death and they post it. They see people getting beat up on the street and they turn on their phones and they laugh. Y'all better hear me. The enemy wants to desensitize us so much that we will not call on God in the moment of trouble. We'll call on Facebook, we'll call on TikTok, and we'll do everything that we can to post a video, but we won't post prayer. You won't post your bishop preaching. Ooh. Get your kids off of these video games that they're shooting people. I'm going to actually begin to pray a prayer, and I think we need to pray it, that God begins to shut the video companies down that are promoting this violence. Every time your kid plays a game and he picks up a gun to shoot somebody, you're teaching that kid that murder is okay. Video games where our children are playing games, running a child off of a cliff to see how many bones they can break in their body. That's suicide. Look right here. I'm going to say it. That's suicide. The game is promoting suicide. And the child laughs at the game. I broke every bone in my body. Let me try to do that again. And then you wonder why when that kid grows up, they're violent and they're disruptive. They're not emotional. Nothing bothers them. Take that kid's phone. Get in your kid's phone. Young people, get off of TikTok. If your bishop can't see your TikTok page, then you shouldn't have one. If I can't get on your page and see it, then you shouldn't have one. If your mom and daddy can't see it, you shouldn't have one. The enemy wants to desensitize parents to say, well, they're going to do it anyway. The devil is a lie. You ain't going to do it while I know you're doing it. What you do behind my back is a whole nother issue. But when I know you're doing it, I'm going to parent you the right way. Be the enemy to your child in this season. Don't be their friend. Put fear in the fear of God. Y'all look at me. Don't The enemy wants to discourage y'all right now because it wants to seem like pastor is fussing. But you ain't going to say nothing when that child is sitting down there in front of that court. And the court gives him time in jail unjustly because you didn't strip him. We got to raise this generation. They're desensitized. An 18-year-old girl killed a police officer, y'all. And the city just went on like, oh, yeah, let's just have New Year's Eve. And we partied the weekend away. We partied. An 18-year-old girl killed a police officer in broad daylight. 
and the generation did nothing about it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? A police officer, an off-duty police officer in broad daylight took him at the age of 25 and now she's sitting there and guess what we're saying? Well, you know, they knew she was doing it. Who is they? Don't blame it on the system. Where were her parents at? Where were her brothers at? Why didn't her brothers or somebody say, Judge, don't let her out of jail. Lock her up. Keep her right here. But no, we want to give them bail because they're being mistreated. They're robbing people. They're carjacking people. They need to go to jail. We're not talking about a traffic ticket. We're not talking about somebody whose civil rights was meant. She was robbing people. They're carjacking our mothers. They're beating our grandmothers. We need to hang them in the street. Y'all look at me because this is what the church has to become again. We got to talk about it. They're hurting grandmama them. James, when I grew up, you never brought harm to your mama's house. They're shooting our children while they're in their bedroom. And we're around here saying, give them bail. They're beating up our women in the jails. Did y'all hear that? They're beating the women in jails. The security officers. And we're doing nothing about it. It's not going to change until we rebuild an altar. Until we pray. Until we consecrate. And we begin to call this stuff out. Your children are going to outlive your prayer if you don't start praying now. They're going to be desensitized. Make them get up and pray. Bring them to prayer. Do not leave them at home. I would rather you go home and be 15 minutes late to prayer than you say, I'm going to be on time. And leave. bring your children to prayer and make them pray. You want to be saved today. You want to rededicate your life today. Anybody here on the altar want to be saved? Any of my children, just turn around and face me. You want to be saved. You want to accept God into your life, Jesus. You want to rededicate. You want to commit your life. Just come here. If you didn't have a chance to give your tithe, your offering, love you guys. Sow your seed. I want you to do that on today. Anybody wants to join today, you're welcome to do that on today if you're here. The blessing of the Lord rest upon your life. May the grace of God and the peace of God rest on your life. 20 Sundays, 9 a.m. I want to see you here. May the blessing of the Lord rest on your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.